0: Today's episode of the Hustle of the Day podcast. I have Die Manuel. Die has lived the digital nomad lifestyle over the last two and a half years in Bali, and he has a crazy awesome story of overcoming his demons and now helping others facilitate change. Take a listen; you're not going to want to miss this one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle of the Day podcast. I am Trent, and I am very fortunate and blessed to have Die Manuel here with us today. Uh, You heard his little intro. I want you to jump in now, Di, and tell us a little more in depth about yourself.
1: You know, when I... I always find it funny because, you know, we're sort of conditioned. Hey, what do you do, you know, rather than who are you? <laughs> hey, why are you that way? And I know there's room to answer that, but we, we have a limited amount of time. So uh, to get right to the point, you know, I I'm, I'm, I like to – I'm self-acclaimed. And, and, you know, this has been validated by my kids, but uh, I, I like to use the title <laughs> super dad. Uh, you know, my two daughters are now 14 and 16, so uh, – they're little people, and uh, and they're definitely. Uh, one, that's the best title I, I've ever had is Dad. I've also been dating my wife, you know, going on almost twenty years now, uh, and that's been fantastic. Unfortunately, she's my best friend, my biggest cheerleader, and uh, also my uh, most constructive critic. And <laughs> she 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 she's really helped uh, me stay the path of, of just that constant idea of improving, you know, that Kaizen principle uh, is certainly alive and well in our relationship. Uh, you know, but if it had to boil it down to it, I am a facilitator of change. You know, I, I really like to help people feel empowered that, yeah, they can actually make the changes that they want. And it's not a matter of thinking about something five years down the road or two or one or 10, uh, you know, change happens immediately. It happens the moment you make a choice and start to do things a little bit differently. Uh, of course, the outcome and the results may, they come at different you know intervals. Uh, it's not like it happens immediately that you have the result that you want. But if you consistently do things a little bit differently than you've done, you can usually expect different results than you've already acquired. And uh, and so that's what I do. You know, I help people do that in lots of different ways. And uh, yeah, that's that's really me in a nutshell. I know it's kind of vague, and but. It, you know i know i'll naturally come out in our conversation a little bit more about what i do and how i do it
0: yeah no that's very cool i love that you you say that your greatest title is being a super dad and the <laughs> father of three kids i yeah that definitely is the greatest title that you can have i mean it's it's amazing the what they do for your life so
1: and it's pretty cool because you think about it how many people call you dad yeah, you've got three. I've got mm-hmm. two, and uh, it's not a title everybody uses. And uh, it's it's pretty special. Yeah, you know? it's pretty special.
0: Absolutely, yeah. my uh, my four year old just yesterday decided she wanted to call me by my first name. It's like ah! no, no, I'm your dad. Like, I'm not ready for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say no way. Uh, I, I don't even. I, I couldn't even handle that. I don't even know what I'd do <laughs> if my kids started calling me by my first name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> four that's just cheeky <laughs> yeah, yeah that's so good uh,
0: um, but I like that you said you're a facilitator of change uh that's also uh, you know we you know we've had conversations before prior to this, and so I get that yeah. that term, and it's not unwarranted it, it's it's true um but we'll we'll jump into that a little bit um in a little bit about more of exactly what you do but that's good um i want to i want to ask you who was most influential on who you became today
1: hmm yeah it's interesting right it's just such a good question or i mean we talk about change and we talk about evolution, we just look at how evolution happens. We, we, we deal with stress, right? <laughs> There's lots of different types of stresses, and we either cave, <laughs> run away, or, or we embrace the challenge of the stress. And it comes in lots of different ways, right? We have psychological, and physical, and emotional, even spiritual stresses. And when we're under those stresses, we change. We have to. We change in, in so many different ways, right down to the science, the physiologically we change as well. Right. But we change because we've adapted and we've, we've evolved. And now we've, in, in essence, become somebody new. We have a new way to look at the world, uh, a new way of understanding the world, understanding ourselves and our role in the world. And even our relationships shifted a little bit. And uh, I think it was Dickens that talked about this idea uh, of, you know, especially, and this is very relevant to entrepreneurs and people that are, are in that business of creation, it, it, you know, you have to be willing to create. You have to be willing to change but you have to be willing to kill the person you were because that's a given, you know? Uh, so when you come out of, after a change, you're, you're somebody new. And, and uh, I, I love that idea. Right. And so if you ask me, you know, who's been most influential in my life, it, it's, there's been different moments where I've had different changes based on big challenges that I've had the opportunity to work through and, and have somebody there to, to either help or just simply support. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's just having the support. And I think back to my parents, you know, like they were very supportive. I was morbidly obese as a teenager. And, uh, you know, for about five years of my life from age nine to 14, I lived in a state of unhealth where, you know, asthma, sore joints, sore back, you know, I, I could barely tap my own shoes. You, you know, like I, I, all the cliches that come with somebody that overweight, I, I was living, you know, and I have a lot of empathy for people that are like that or finding themselves in that state of unhealth. It, it's not a pleasant place to be. And, you know, at age 15, I made some shifts. I made some big, big changes. Um, Some of them were fear-based. You know, I was very fearful of death and I had ideas of suicide, but the fear of dying and the finality, uh, it scared me way more than the idea of, well, maybe if I just actually learned how to exercise and started to eat differently, maybe I could get different results. You know, I could actually see myself shift. That idea of change didn't seem as demanding as the idea of finality of of saying goodbye and uh, that, that fear, you know, know, (laughs) there's a saying, you know, when the the pain of change (laughs) uh, or or of not changing, I should say, the pain of not changing outweighs the pain of actually changing, you know, you're ready to make a change. And uh, so I worked through that. It took about 20 months to realize the full transformation, but my parents supported me so much, you know, they were, they were cheerleaders. They were very complimentary. They, they provided me what I needed to facilitate that. Um, so that was my first really big transformation. It also got me really excited about coaching and mentorship because after the change, all these people started asking me, hey, Di, how would you do that? You know, what, what, how do you eat? You know, how do you work out? Like, what are you doing? All, like my parents, friends, especially, you know, mm-hmm. these people that were, were in their 30s and 40s were asking me all these questions and, and I got to provide them with a lot of the knowledge and the wisdom that I had gained going through the transformation. And uh, so that was really the first big one you know, and, and then I moved to across Canada from Toronto to, to Vancouver. And, um, I had a number of different people that I'd met that I was really impressed by that I thought were really amazing. And, and I went, met one gentleman, I started working for him at a company selling fitness equipment. And, uh, it is, I was finishing up my degrees at university. And, and so this is sort of the part-time gig and I love fitness and I love that idea of helping people, um, Feel empowered that they too could start to get a little healthier, a little fitter, and mm-hmm. just get get more excited about their own life and, and the way they show up. And uh, so I had a real knack for it because it was commission based, which is performance-based, you know, and I was like, wow, the, the more passionate I I bring to this and and the more people I impact and help, the more money I make. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is, this is a really good deal. <laughs> yeah. You know, in part time, I was making more than my buddies making, you know, full time incomes. And, uh, and I, I just was like, man, this is really cool. I like this. And uh, then when the opportunity came, I went on full time and uh, advanced very quickly. And, you know, I'll, I'll make the long story short, you know, he, he really mentored me, the owner of that company, and, and took me under his wing. He was 20 years my senior, he saw a lot of himself in me. And he saw the passion I had, the excitement and the willingness to just fully uh, submit myself to a process and learn as much as I could to get better. Uh, and he provided that. And uh, you know, we worked together for 17 years, 17 years I worked with him and uh, we eventually evolved into a relationship where we became partners for a new company and, And we grew that to to eight figures a year. And, you know, it was was really just an amazing journey. I learned a lot. There's no ill feeling or misgivings there. I I just, I got to a different point in life, you know, five years ago. And I was like, you know, I really did enjoy that path. I I would say I loved it. But I got to a point where I was like, okay, he's 20 years my senior. I'm getting on to nearly 40. And, you know, he's almost 60. I know he has that. You know, aspirations to, to to sort of step away from the business. He wants me to step in and fully own it, and and you know, be that CEO and, and start to run it. And I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I don't want his life. Hmm. And uh, that was a hard realization because I've been doing it for 17 years. You know, I I'd go as far as say I sacrificed in a lot of things. You know, my kids' uh, early childhood. You know, I was hustling a lot. Yeah. And, um, there was a lot of justifications because we were building something and this was for them, you know, they're using that. This is for you guys. You know, this is why don't worry. We'll, we'll have more time later, but daddy's got to do this, you know? And, uh, even with my wife, I like, it just, I compromise certain things, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I know that happens. We say we don't want to do that, but it, it happens. And, uh, just got to a point. Where I was just like, you know what? I want to do some different things. And, um, and and since that, I've had some coaches, you know, that helped with some of that uh, ideas of, of, you know, moving into a different field, which I'd been dabbling in. You know, I started creating content online about 12 years ago after I read Gary Vaynerchuk's Crush It, the first there edition. You, you know, yeah. I was totally dating myself here, but the first one <laughs> and uh, I had a first printing of that book and uh, uh, it, it changed everything for me, everything. The way I, I looked at marketing. The way I looked at uh, attraction marketing and, and, and service-based, value-based uh, leverage of social media, right? And uh, yeah, so it, it became just part of what I did. And then so that provided some opportunities when I wanted to make the transition. There, there were some options, you know. But th- those were the most impactful people when I think about some of the biggest shifts in my life you know, yeah. and, and then, then there's been communities and, and I look at communities as being sort of mentors as well. And Toastmasters is one of those organizations. Um, I, I have men's groups that I've been a part of and, and I now run myself. I, I facilitate and, uh, it, that's been massive for me. You know, I, I think a lot of us as men and, and sorry, not to be generalized, but and I'll finish at this point so we can move on. Cause I know it starts to get on, but I, uh, you, you know, as a man, as someone that uh, was, well, is, and I still am, uh, fairly, very competitive. You know, I, I used to have a lot of issues with entrusting men. You know, I'd always see them as competition. I would always be, you know, never fully transparent, not never fully authentic. Uh, yeah. I found there was always a little bit of a, you know, uh, internal pushback. And this is just, this is all on me. I'm not saying it was their fault. This is just how I was, you know, a little bit fearful of being fully honest and, and fear of judgment and everything else. Right. And uh, so when I started getting around with some really amazing men and, and opening up uh, the space for us to be vulnerable, to share sort of what's real for us, what we're dealing with, some of the struggles, uh, all of a sudden I realized, you know what, we're all the same. we're all struggling with the same stuff, you know, just different shades. And, uh, this did a couple things. One, it helped me really align with amazing men and be myself, truly be myself and and not have fear of judgment. Um, but it also allowed me to understand myself a lot more and and realize that, yeah, I'm not so alone. And, and, you know, there is power and vulnerability, you know, like, yeah. And yeah. So, uh, man, I swear every day I meet somebody neat that, that impacts me, whether I read a great book, listen to a podcast like your own, uh, like, you know, I think mentorship and coaching and, and guidance comes in so many different mediums today we have so much access, you know, so much access. And uh, it's just, what do you take from those lessons? Absolutely.
0: That's, that's fantastic. I, I loved all that. And, you know, hearing um, those people that are impactful on you and, you know, where it led to, led you to. And like you mentioned, you had a 17 year career and Mm. five years ago, you made a radical shift and you are now, out of bali rather than bali Canada, yes correct. yes
1: yes that's right yes and uh, i'm back and forth right now and uh yeah i'll be back in vancouver again shortly but uh yeah it's a nice place to ping pong between you know yeah. vancouver and bali I, I got no complaints and uh yeah there was a choice we made a choice me and uh we can talk a bit, a bit more about bali in a bit but uh yeah it's it's anybody wants to come on over um uh, coconuts on me just tell me when you're coming you know (laughs) seriously it's uh it's a pretty amazing place yeah
0: Yeah. absolutely but as we talked last time it's a 28 hour plane flight for me so uh (laughs) for you that's right yeah
1: it's
0: (laughs) it's a bit of a a bit of a commute
1: (laughs) yeah i I always joke about that you know I, i I, I keynote at, at a number of events, and the majority are in North America. And I'm always like, okay, who, who had to travel the farthest to get here? Because I had a 20, <laughs> 24 hour commute. I know I got this one. I got this one. You know, but uh, it, it, it's nice to look at it as a commute. You know, we yeah. we are fortunate that, I mean, think about it. The longest place to get to, what two days? Maybe if you got to go to someplace really remote, right? But that's pretty empowering, knowing that you can get anywhere just yeah. just a little bit of time but you can get anywhere you know yeah. like it's there's we we have it's pretty awesome it's
0: yeah. pretty awesome even though the world is massive it's actually pretty small at the same time right
1: yeah we have the means like yeah. you can just pick up and go somewhere like geez it's pretty neat you know yeah. like wow uh, i didn't really appreciate that when i was younger but now i do you know i do
0: absolutely so you you have this career you decide to make this last massive change is, mm-hmm. is that when you decide, Hey, I need to be an entrepreneur to facilitate this lifestyle or how is it that you mm-hmm. kind of became uh, your own, your own boss?
1: Well, <laughs> you know, anybody that's an entrepreneur uh, I, I maintain that we're sort of, I don't know when it happens. Maybe we're born with it. I'm not a hundred percent sure, uh, but there's, yeah, you know, once you start working for yourself and you you start creating in that capacity, it's pretty hard to go back to anything else, you know? And, uh, I think that was the thing that I learned from my parents, especially my dad, my dad's an entrepreneur and, uh, my mom always had a side hustle, <laughs> always. She still does. She's like in her mid-70s. She's still got side hustles, you know. like awesome. I, I love it. I know. I know. It's pretty cool, you know, whether an antique dealer while running an Airbnb. Like there's always something that she had on the go. And my dad just built a practice, you know, a veterinary practice. And uh, so he worked for himself from the time he graduated university with his degree to to, you know, the time when he exited that and finally retired, you know. He was running his own thing, so I, I got to grow up around that, and it really provided me with a really rock solid uh, work ethic. And because uh, I always saw my parents, you know, very professional but also very kind, and uh, which makes it—it's really neat because you know you have the ability to to impact others, especially whether you want in big ways or small ways or whatever. You know, it's it's really how you show up. And how you uh, command yourself to, to be in, in those roles, and uh, especially when you're a leader of an organization. And, and so when I look at all the jobs I've ever had, the career paths that I've had up until when I got into the equipment, and then that was my longest run, obviously, 17 years, I, I always treated my positions as if I owned it. Always. You know, like I, I just always wanted to get better. I, I just can't settle I can't stay still, you know, like I, this idea of, okay, I made it. We never make it. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, sure. There's there's always room to, to improve. There's always opportunity to impact more people. I mean, it, it's just such a dynamic field, truly dynamic and, and always changing. And so I always embraced that. And uh, when I had the opportunity to start working truly as a partner and, and an owner and, and, facilitate you know a, a large company uh, i loved it i really did enjoy it you know uh, just based on what we were creating it was a lot of fun and so obviously transitioning away from that it, it wasn't so much away it was just now in a different form it, it was actually going back to just working by myself again you know where mm-hmm. before that you know, we scaled to, to about 100 employees you know like it's it's very different uh, to then all of a sudden go back to just me <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? for sure uh, running my own thing and uh it, both empowering, but also a bit lonely. And I know, you know, t- with the entrepreneurs that I meet and, and connect with, especially the, the nomadic community that tend to travel a lot, and, you know, laptop lifestyle. It's the biggest negative on the laptop lifestyle is it, it can be very lonely at times. You know, absolutely, like it's, it's it's amazing. We think these these devices keep us so connected, and sure they can, but there's a different type of connection you have in person when you connect with people one-on-one or, or, or in small groups or even in groups and organizations. So in person, there's a, there's a difference. There's a difference. Yeah. But,
0: uh, One thing that you said that really stuck out to me though, is you want to impact people. You want to be impactful mm-hmm. to people. And I, I, that I think really entrepreneurship comes down to that. A lot of the time is people want to make a difference and, Yes, there are great companies and organizations where you can do that. But most often, the the best way to do that is through entrepreneurship.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's pretty cool. Like it's uh, I really love it. Uh, I think it's whatever you bring to it. It's not for the faint of heart, <laughs> as cliche yeah. as it sounds. It's it's true. Uh, it, it can be very demanding at times and man, the lows are low, <laughs> you know, but the highs are, man, nothing beats it. it yeah. It's, it's very, well, it's a lot of fun. You know, uh, it, it takes a certain perspective to be able to see the fun. Uh, yeah. You, you, have, you <laughs> have to be very patient, <laughs> uh, but it's great. Like I, I really encourage everyone to, to at least find the entrepreneur in them. Because there's certain qualities of entrepreneurs. Every entrepreneur I've ever met, there's certain qualities everybody has. And I think they're qualities that everyone has. And uh, it's like tapping into that inner entrepreneur in all of us, right? And uh, Because if anything, it helps you just be more present even in your career. And for sure, more more of it. And find the passion in what you do, Uh, especially when you know the self-worth and the the value that you gain just by showing up and doing your best. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah.
0: So. Yeah, I've interviewed a couple of people who are, you know, de- termed entrepreneurs. So they yeah. are people who are planned to work at a company, but they want to elevate themselves within that company. So I, I mean, it's, that. it's, it's a great mm. for that uh, type of person that doesn't necessarily that isn't necessarily born with that entrepreneurial spirit, but, you know, they have that they've tapped into it, as you say, yeah. but they are using it to their
1: advantage with where they're at. Super cool. I hadn't yeah. heard that term, but that yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> it sounds like I should just use that term instead of trying to explain myself. So. <laughs> I didn't know there was a word, uh, but it sounds like there is. So this is good to know. I just learned something. Thank you. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, super cool. Uh,
0: so you've you've been on this entrepreneurship journey for a little bit. What What would you say has been your biggest failure in that, and what <laughs> have you learned from that?
1: Well, you know what's – Really interesting. So I spoke at an event, I guess maybe about a year and a bit ago, and it's uh, I don't know. it's called F-Up Nights, but F meaning that word. Okay. Uh, they, they're, they're all over the world. It's F-Up Nights, and uh, they invite uh, usually entrepreneurs to come and share their biggest F-Ups. And uh, uh, it was different because a lot of people that have ever done it, they are always talking about their professional F-Ups, you know, these big sort of catastrophic mistakes that they've made or just really mistakes that forever changed them. And uh, after living through them, that that is. And, you know, I, I've had some of those, but they all pale in comparison to my personal mistakes I've made, you know, because it's actually in reflection, reflecting, and and, uh, those personal (laughs) mistakes impacted my business, a lot. You know, my relationships in my business, my my uh, the way I showed up, the way I was running the business, like it, it affected everything. You know, based on my position in the company, um, making those big mistakes had a drastic effect on the bottom line. Yeah, and and so did I learn from those. Well, yeah, and. and uh, uh, I'll just yeah okay i'm I'm gonna share it with the hell i uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it it will be next month, ten years since I've had a drink wow ten years congratulations, ten years yeah, thank you it's i, I I'm amazed it's been ten years like it goes by so fast, mm-hmm. especially when you're not drinking <laughs> it's <laughs> like <laughs> you know um I, I hinted that Toastmasters w- played a big role in my life, you know, and, uh, because I, I grew up always being reminded that I was shy, you know, and, and so I found it really hard to connect to people, especially new people. Uh, I found it really hard to be in social environments when I didn't know anybody. Uh, I just, yeah, it, it, from the outside looking in, I guess shy was the best label that could be attached, you know? And, and I remember from an early age, it, that was sort of the label I got. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it plays into when I was the obese, I was very withdrawn, you know, because I was very self-conscious and, and just, sure, we'll just say I, I became that. And uh, so I would often act that out. And when I was a late teen, and then especially in my early 20s, I realized that, wow, you know, if I have a couple drinks, I don't feel so anxious when, I, when I'm around new people. I can open up a lot easier. Mm -hmm. I can even facilitate conversations and be this this person that starts the conversation. Whoa. You know, and you can imagine when (laughs) I'm growing my company and having to do more social things and be in bigger environments and conferences and all the other usual stuff and networking. uh, Wow. Oh, you end up having a few more drinks than you probably expected to, mm-hmm. I did. And it became a pattern. It's how I used to deal with my stress and my anxiety, was alcohol, self-medicate. And it was just a pattern. I, I, I'm not a fan of the term addiction. I, I do understand that there's, it's a label that, that suits certain types of behaviors and, and habits. It was, the idea of the, the 12-step program just didn't resonate with me. I, I never felt that I was powerless against alcohol. You know? okay. Um, but I do know that I always was conscious of my decision, you know, and I could justify my decision yeah. and it, it happened that, you know, years and years of this, uh, of making a lot of mistakes and blaming alcohol, <laughs> you know, like not showing up at home till the next morning and mm-hmm. that, happened, that happened a lot or, um, often, Alcohol consumption would lead to drug use, and that drug use would also sometimes lead to promiscuity. And uh, I'm not proud of that. You know, I'm—I was not a very good man. Um, Some people call this cognitive dissonance. You know, we have this idea of of who we are. We have these certain core values. We have these certain beliefs about who we are and who we want to be and how we want to be showing up in the world. And then we actually have how we act the further these two poles are apart from one another, the greater amount of stress and anxiety and discontent and unhappiness. Like it, it, you just create this vacuum that sucks all that in, you know, and we tend to fill it with stuff. You know, we buy more things. We, we do things that distract ourselves to, to really shield ourselves from admitting that we're hurting. And uh, so over years and years of just these constant disappointments, not only with myself, but but I, I felt the disappointments from those that were closest to me. Because I wasn't living up to the person that they know I should be. Yeah. You know, Cause I didn't deep down believe I could. And so why bother? And uh yeah, it was almost 10 years ago to the day uh <laughs> that uh, I had an all night bender. Went off. And uh I remember waking up on our Berber carpet the so next morning, and I have no recollection how I got there. Um, it was mid-morning. I mean, the family was up. I could hear them downstairs. I could hear my kids watching Dora the Explorer. Hopefully your kids haven't gotten into that one yet because it is awesome. <laughs> uh, that, that tune gets in your head and it never leaves. Uh, I'll, I'll save you guys the misery. You can YouTube it, Dora the Explorer, but be warned once you have that jingle in your head.
0: I'm, I'm <laughs> very familiar with it. Yeah, I'm so sorry, Trent. I'm sorry. man. We should have talked sooner.
1: But uh, but my kids were watching "Dora the Explorer" on the couch. Uh, you know, they were four and six at the time, and uh, Christy was unloading the dishwasher super aggressively. You know, every dish was clanging, and the countertop was banging, and it was just she was letting me know she was not happy. Yeah, um, it was like she was not happy because. You know, to be honest, Trent, like, there's so many times before that that I was like, oh, I'll never let that happen again. Jeez, I'll never drink like that again. Don't worry, baby. I won't do that again. And, you know, and I said that, I don't even know, I, I lost count. I have no idea how many times I must have said that to her and, uh, and yet never followed through on it. Right. And, um, my wife just to qualify a little bit here you know she's a tinge of ginge so she's a full-on uh, fiery redhead and she's got a personality to match and uh, she is the biggest heart on the planet and the biggest supporter and cheerleader and brings the best out of every single person because she'll help you know and see and feel the best in you you know and uh, so she's got a really special talent there and uh, so she sat me down she wasn't her usual self <laughs> hmm. Uh I could tell that the way i looked in her eyes right now w- was very different than she'd ever seen me before and um uh y- you know w- when your partner says hey listen we got to talk you know can you sit down sit down sit down right now and I, y- you know it's yeah this isn't good You're right. <laughs> it's not good you know <laughs> like it's uh, yeah. It's like the boss, right? The boss says, Hey, we have to have a talk. You know, like we, we all go there. We're like, Oh no, what did I do? Right. And I, I had no question of what I did. Right? It's like, I know what I did. And, uh, so she sat me down and uh, we had a, a conversation and the the, the gist of the conversation was her and the kids were not going to stick around anymore. She's going to take them away. And, um, you know, she had every right to do that. And, um, the conversation evolved, and, you know, obviously a lot of tears were shed, uh, especially for myself, and a lot of pleading. And uh, it got to a point, though, where she asked me a question. And this is the power of questions, right? It's it's like, who's asking you? Are you asking yourself the tough questions? Where The tough questions where you really have to search for an answer and, and feel the answer, you know, and, and you know that the answer – Very often we know what the answer is, um, but we've avoided it, the question, because we didn't want to face up to it. And and she asked me, are you being the type of man that you would want to marry your daughters? Mm -hmm. It was really weird just hearing that. Are you being the type of man that you would want to marry your daughters? Because at that moment I I started thinking about it, like really thinking about it, and, and envisioning, okay, well, man, if someone like me, in my current condition with my current habits and behaviors, showed up to date my daughters or, or to marry my daughters. Oh, there's no way I'd let them in the door. Right? <laughs> like, there's no freaking way, you know? And meanwhile, that's how I was showing up. That's how I was living. That was the role model that they were getting to, to, to watch. And uh, at that moment, I, I remember asking the family to sit down on the couch and made a commitment to them I wasn't gonna drink for a year. And it was just a year. I was just like, I'm, I'm not going to drink for a year, you know. And uh, my kids, you know, they're like, hey, no. What about water and what? What about, <laughs> and and what about this and that and, and coffee and and, and and and. So we got to the point. No, Daddy, you won't have any more adult drinks for a year, you know. I and uh, so it started as a commitment that way, you know. And, but this time, I made it for myself as well, just to show that I don't need the alcohol. You know, there's got to be other ways to to deal with some of the stuff. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, that ten year, that, well, sorry, that one year turned into ten just because uh, a lifestyle emerged. Because it also put me in a position where I, I had to face up to some of the other challenges and pains that I had, which included, um, well, just a lot of the issues I was carrying along, with some trauma from when I was in more of the obese team, and this desire to feel wanted, this desire to feel okay enough to be uh who i am especially in public settings where people don't know me you know Mm -hmm. and and so i I got a psychologist i started to work with i worked with a counselor you know I, i did about six months of deep work and came out the other side with a better understanding of who i am and what i need and how i'm working and where the bad patterns emerge from and uh everything changed everything like my company Okay So this is sorry, we're going to close the loop on this question yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, You asked me what the, you know sort of the biggest mistake. Uh, I used to be the guy that would take my staff out and say "Great work, and we'd all just get hammered because I'd be the one to keep buying the drinks mm mm-hmm. You know, I used that as an excuse for me to drink and be who I was and act like that. They already knew who I was. It didn't matter. But it all of a sudden, there was this expectation now around me. We go out. This is what we do. We party. We, we work hard. We, we party harder. You know, like this, this idea uh, and culture was emanating because of me. Mm-hmm. And then I made that commitment to shift. I really got clear on my health and the things that I wanted, things that really mattered, those core values. And I started to align my decisions and my choices and my actions to those. And what was really, really cool, it got to a point where a bunch, a bunch of the people I worked with also stopped drinking. Oh, wow. You know, That's they great. shifted their lifestyles. They, because now it wasn't the thing. It was not, I wouldn't be the guy instigating and, and getting everybody fired up. And, uh, you know, they used to call me Billy White Shoes, you know, because I'd have these white shoes and, you know, i go to conferences and everybody knew, you know, I'd be working the conference and everybody was like, well, where are you going tonight? Because they'd want to be there. they want to party. And that, that was my reputation. Yeah. I was like, man, this is not right. This is not what I want to be known for, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so for a couple of years, you know, everything shifted. Everything changed. And uh, because I made it one choice, you know, I, I decided that, no, I wanted to be the man, especially for my family, of who they saw in me. I want to start being that. And, yep. um, but finally, I chose because I wanted it, right? Because, I mean, you know how it goes. People that love us, they, they're going to tell us all the time, you know, maybe you shouldn't be doing this. Maybe you should do things differently. But until we're ready to accept it and say, okay, I'm going to make a change, making a change doesn't necessarily happen. Cause no one's going to do the work for us. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, anyway, so that is really it. You know, the biggest thing that I learned from was as a leader in your organization, everybody's watching you Mm -hmm. and you set the tone, you, you create the culture, you know, and and maybe you don't sustain it. You're a part of it, but you set the culture, the beginnings of the culture. You know, and that's uh, a nice thing as entrepreneurs, we have a lot of ability to to have massive influence and create a, a great impact, whether negative yeah. or positive. We True. have <laughs> equal opportunity, and so that was the biggest learning that I had, and it's shifted into everything I do now.
0: You yeah, know, it's well,
1: like I'm just rock solid on my core values. I know what they are. I, I every day I live into them. You know?
0: That's very cool. I appreciate you being open and honest and vulnerable, and you know, sharing that. I I really appreciate. You're doing that. Okay. And I, I definitely identify uh, with the shy aspect, like you you talked about. I've been mm. shy and introverted my whole life, and uh, mm. until I was uh, 34 years old, which is how old I am now.
1: Okay, <laughs> I realized
0: <laughs> that that's a label uh, that this yes. is self fulfilling prophecy, and so yeah. uh, it's definitely made big strides in changing that uh over the last few months but uh you know it's a journey we're all on a journey and like you've mentioned changes you know yes that's a change is a constant so
1: that's right yes that's right it's so true and uh, well good for you for challenging it you know that's what toastmasters uh, uh provided me because you know all of a sudden i gave it stopped drinking and i was like okay well how am i i can't just not be social I got to figure out a way around this. And, you know, Toastmasters is there to help you be a more effective communicator, public speaker, you know, storyteller, like all eyes are on you. You are talking and it's like you got the mic. So go. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this. (laughs) This scares me. (laughs) And uh, I just started going. I kept going back. And, uh, you know, sure enough, I mean, I still every time I speak, trust me. I get all the same sort of uh, physical responses that we get you know palms start to sweat a little bit mm-hmm. heart rate starts to race eyes get a little dilated get a little bit nervous get some adrenaline going but you learn how to channel that in a positive yeah. way yeah you know you learn how to use that energy and create something amazing and and that comes with practice this and, and also a community to support you through that. And uh, so I, I highly recommend it. You know, if there's ever one organizations that I, I speak to everyone about, it's Toastmasters. I'm like, everyone should be a part of it. Everyone, you know? Uh, Good to know. So I'm, ex- I'm excited to hear about your experience when you, you make it. To
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Very cool. So one one thing you mentioned is, uh, you know, you're now a keynote speaker and you still have mm-hmm. those, you still have those anxieties, you know, oh, the, Every it's, time. <laughs> it's good to know that, you know, that people aren't alone, that when they do have those feelings, so somebody who even does this all the time, that you, you still feel that way. You just oh, yeah. channel it the right way. Like you said,
1: absolutely. And it, you know what, to be honest, Trent, if, if that feeling never went away, I'd, I'd wonder why am I doing it? Hmm. You know, like I I don't know if it, I would get the same value from it. Um, right. Cause if I'm not nervous, I just want to know why. Does that mean I'm getting complacent? Does it mean I'm getting lazy? Does it mean I just don't care anymore? You know, I'd, I'd be worried about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> uh, you know, we're, let's be honest, we're, we're we got a lot of fear in us. I mean, it's all about sure. survival, right? Like, yeah. At least we don't have tigers chasing us anymore, and uh, we don't have the weather to worry about. Like we, we've been able to to do, as Maslow says, you know, get get some of the basic needs taken care of, so we can start to. You know, evolve mm-hmm. uh, and become more self-actualized eventually. And uh, Toastmasters is definitely a vehicle that's challenged some of my, my habits that okay. I felt were holding me back and, and were a lot of fear dominated a lot of them. So uh, it, it's, it's, great yeah it's really good I, I encourage everyone challenge your fears you know like, yeah. I mean there's only three main main fears that pretty much every fear stems from you know fear of success fear of failure uh, and then fear of change right like think about it those are pretty much all-encompassing and, and it's like surfing right surfers know that you don't go out there and just catch one wave no no waves come in sets and uh, <laughs> I always tell people so does fear <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> it's like you deal with one and then another one pops up and then another one pops up but for anyone that's ever served, how do you get through the wave? Well, it's not going through it. It's sometimes going under it. You know, you, you dive to go under, and then you come up the other side, and it's, like, way easier than letting the wave carry you and beat you up. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? So, but but if you turn and run away from a wave, oh, man, watch out, because you are going to get smoked. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know? So sometimes you just got to say, okay, head first, go at it, dive under, come up, take a breath, deal with the next one, you know, and, and – uh, Surfing's humbled me a lot with my fear. <laughs> you know, it's it's been, uh, been, been interesting. One of the benefits of living
0: in Bali. Very cool. Well, the, uh, the common acronym for fear, when you put it in the uh, positive light, is face everything and rise. Well, yes. So yes. you got to definitely tackle it. And you've, you've definitely uh, faced uh, many challenges, but also uh, made many changes. And you hmm. are now... Uh, Like we've alluded to, you're now based out of Bali, Mm. moved your entire family out there and totally changed your lifestyle uh, to get away from that corporate world. And uh, tell us a little bit about that change that you made and how Mm. that's gone.
1: Well, to be fair, my family lived here for two years. They just relocated back uh, a few months ago to Vancouver, Canada. Reason being is uh, the schooling here, So my kids went to school here in Bali. Uh, so there's a lot of international schools, expat schools, uh, but the extracurriculars are a bit more limited for teens, Okay. meaning that my one daughter, she loves sports, but she's also at a point where, you know, her athleticism, she needs good coaching. You know, she needs to be challenged more. And that that opportunity wasn't here in Bali for her. And then my other daughter loves to act. She loves improv. She loves Very to speak. Cool. And now she came to Toastmasters with us all the time. You know, from the time she was like 12, she's been coming to Toastmasters with us. Even though it's not really... It's not supposed to, so anybody at Toastmasters.org or anybody at Toastmasters there, listen, she's not an actual member, but we gave her opportunity to speak. Yeah, and I'll get my hand slapped, but she's my daughter. I'm going to do it anyway. So, yeah, uh, um, you know, we've given them opportunities to, to work on those things, and we always said when we started traveling, if they ever wanted to go back and, and sort of inject themselves back into school uh, – you know, more traditional school, like in North America, we, we would honor that. And so it got to that point. My, my one daughter's only got two years left of high school. My other daughter, she's got four years Mm -hmm. and, um, so my wife, you know, she she was the the trooper and said, okay, I'll go back with the kids, get us set up again in Vancouver as a as another home base, and uh, so they've been there for a number of months, and I've been going back and forth. And that, uh, as of the new year, I'll, I'm going to shift a little bit more, so I'll be back in Vancouver a bit more than I am in Bali, just because it's really hard being away from them. You know, family oh yeah. is uh, very important Absolutely. to me, and uh, so I'll still be coming to Bali. It's just uh, this you know, Vancouver will be a home base for me again. You know, after two and a half years, I'm okay with that. Like it's, yeah. it's important to be with my kids right now. So yeah, it's crazy. She, my oldest just had her first formal. She's got a boyfriend now. And I'm like, Oh my God, a few months. Where'd all this come from? You know? So things are changing way too quick and at a pace I can't handle. So I got to get back. So yeah. it's like, what <laughs> is it? Sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. But Bali, we decided on it, it was just when we decided to go overseas, Uh, My wife had been to Bali like 20 years ago when she lived in Australia and always talked highly of it. Um, I've been active in the social space online. I'd always seen people post about Bali and just pop up every once in a while. And especially in the last few years, you know, it's really become a hotbed for digital nomads because it's good Mm -hmm. Wi-Fi, cheap cheap costs to living, uh, high quality of life, great weather, amazing food, great culture. Like there's just so many benefits to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, i mean it 's a third world country, but first world amenities you know, so that I like to qualify all that, so we already had an idea that we wanted to come, and we came and we decided just to rent a place on Airbnb for three months, see what it 's like, and then we were planning to do more travel. Those three months turned to two and a half years you know? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, which is a story it, it may sound very unique and very very Nice. Uh, it, it's like the story I hear all the time. <laughs> like, okay. All the time, <laughs> it is not unique at all. Uh, it, it is very common that people come here and then all of a sudden they're like, "Wow, I could live here. I could yeah. do this longer." And uh, so I see this a lot. I hear it a lot. Meet a lot of people that that have this similar experience. And uh, so what solidified it though, um, and really got us excited, is we had these aspirations of going around the world to meet different types of people and. And when you're in Bali, people from all around the world come. So we have friends everywhere now. Like, everywhere. Two and a half years of being here. Like, we've got Russia, we've got all over uh, the UK, uh, you know, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Philippines, Hong Kong, Japan, like, everywhere. Because they all come to Bali. And yeah. so there's plenty of opportunities to connect with people from around the world. And you already have some similar interests, a passion for travel, um, usually entrepreneurship. Uh, it's just so many people in that space. And so it, we loved it. We were like, wow, this is great. As much as we wanted to go and see people all around the world, we, we can just stay here and yeah, they'll come to us. <laughs> so, like it. <laughs> it's like this is awesome, uh, and, and so we've done lots of travel while in Southeast Asia. But it would be like a week here, two weeks there, a weekend away. You know, you know so it's really easy to travel within Southeast Asia once you're here. Mm-hmm. Um, like we have friends in Thailand, we have friends in, in uh, Kuala Lumpur, like in Malaysia. Like so, so, it's easy enough to get away for these little trips. But Bali was our home base.
0: Very cool. Yeah, that yeah. that's very exciting and. You're, you're pretty much convincing me to go to have a conversation with my wife. Let's, let's go <laughs> yes. <talk> to Bali.
1: <laughs> yes. And there's so much stuff for little kids, like for younger kids, mm-hmm. you know, like 12 and under, there is so much stuff, like mm-hmm. so much. It's really, they cater to that very much so. But for the teens, it's a little bit less. There's not as much. And uh, uh, so, yeah, uh, if my kids were younger, we, I don't think they would have been as apt to want to go back. You know, okay. But, uh, I understand the age that they're at. And I remember what yeah. it was like to be a teen, and so it makes sense. It's all good, and we're going to honor it. It's all good. Ollie's yeah. not going anywhere. I'm coming back, so yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Very cool. Um, so, because this is the the hustle of the day podcast, I want to wow. I want to figure out uh, your definition of the word hustle.
1: Well, I I don't mind the term. Uh, you know, I it was my only. Well, to be honest, like when Gary Vaynerchuk, like I told you, when I read his first book, you know, he was the guy that really hammered home the idea of you know, you, you, yeah, work your nine to five, but then you're gonna work six to two, you know, like <laughs> you're gonna work the other eight hours on your hustle. I I did that for a while, uh, but certain other aspects of my life, well. It's, Put it this way: They they suffered a bit, you yeah. know, uh, relationships and just even my self care, you know, looking after myself uh, and doing certain things that I know make me feel good and make me more in alignment with who I want to be. Uh, so my my idea around hustle at one point was pretty negative. You know, because that's what I used to understand it as was, okay, yeah. your side hustle is just another full-time job that you just do on the side of your full-time job, you know? <laughs> and I was like, wow, that was, again, 168 hours a week. I need some sleep. I need to eat. I need to get to the gym. I, well, when am I going to do this? Right. Um, but what I've come to, to understand hustle for me is, is this idea of, of channeling your energy toward one result that you're trying to create. You know, but that becomes the focus, the 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 one thing. you yeah. know, that you can do and that by doing that thing, you know, there's a book called The One Thing. And I love that question, you know, what's the one thing that you can do by doing it makes everything else easier or unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about channeling it, the hustle is really just a way to channel that energy towards one result, creating that one thing, that, that vision that you have as as I hope you've painted it and it is just rock solid. You know, like you have a very clear idea of what you're trying to create. And now it's been very, very clear about the parameters to achieve that one thing. You know, most of right. us are, get distracted. We procrastinate. We do lots of things other than the things that we know we ought to be doing to, to, to make it happen. And so I know when I'm focused on one thing or, say, a new program or a new product or, or something very, very specific – Will I hustle to get that out there and to make a go at it? Yeah, I will. But that's where, you know, 80% of that energy is going to go, you know, during those extra hours that I allocate for that project. And uh, all the other little things, no, (laughs) you know, because I know it just takes away from that. And so for me, that's really what I I feel a hustle is. It's really channeling that energy in in an amazing way uh, and and recognizing what's essential versus non-essential. Yeah, to achieve
0: it—that's very cool. I like that definition a lot because I mean, to some people, they think hustle; they think twenty-four-seven and whatnot. Yes. But yeah that's not necessarily the case. And yeah. like, like you said, it's just channeling during that time, channeling all your energy towards that one thing. That's very cool. Oh, well,
1: and one thing I do with my clients, both the the business coaching clients that I that I work with, but also the, more on the lifestyle uh, mm-hmm. coaching, I just ask people for a week to document what they do. Just just document how much time you spend on certain tasks, you know. And when you do that and you actually – a nice exercise is to color code, you know, block out on your calendar based on the tasks that you were doing, uh, the activity, you know. So then you start, okay, gym time, let's make all those blocks red. Let's do this. Let's do that, you know. And when you start to look at the calendar at the end of seven days, you know, it's kind of like a mosaic. Uh, but you're going to see some big patterns, especially on areas where – you know, how many times do we find ourselves saying, I just don't have the time. I can't do that. You know, I'm like, "Uh, I bet you do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you learn to channel this energy a little bit differently and uh, eliminate some of these things that quite frankly, aren't serving you at all. And, and then we take even just half of that. Like you take half of some people's screen time, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it be Netflix, whether it be YouTube, like just the video content side of things, just take half of that a day of whatever you do in a day, reallocate that towards your hustle. Holy smokes. You know, like there, you just found the time to do it now. Plus the Absolutely. energy, you know, yeah. like it's, geez, I mean, the average North American watches three hours and 58 minutes uh, of, you know, TV, they call it, you know, mm-hmm. this is back in 2017. So obviously the stats changed, but I, I, I classified as videos, right. some sort of video content. I, you know, that, that's almost 20% of our life. 20%. I did the math, that's you know, crazy. like I, I did the math because the average human being lives to be 79 years old. That's about 41 million minutes for those that are caring. (laughs) 41 million. Most of us, if we said, hey, would you like $41 million in your bank account? I I don't know anybody that would say no. (laughs) I'd be like, okay. um, Well, we're born with 41 million minutes, you know, on average. Some people live a bit longer, some a little bit longer. But it's a depreciating asset that keeps decreasing. (laughs) And yet we don't give it the value that it deserves. You know, and uh, when we start looking at how we're using, or I should say spending the time, not investing it, uh, we we have plenty of time to do the things we really want to do in life. And, uh, but again, which is the path that's a lot easier. You know, it is a lot easier to sit on the couch and Netflix and chill, and I'm not against that. Listen, I have my moments too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, we got Disney Plus. I love Mandalorian, <laughs> dude. That Mandalorian show is like I will rewatch that. My kids have already said when we get when you get back here, we got to binge it, <laughs> and I'm like I'm in. You know, like okay. So I I know this, but if there's a pain there, if there's something in you saying ah, when you're sitting there and you can't truly be present, just enjoy the moment of watching that movie or experiencing that moment because there's something else nagging at you deal with that nagging thing. Just turn off the video, go deal with the nagging thing. Yeah. You know, cause you know, there's something there. Don't run away from it. Don't ignore it. Don't placate it by just turning on the videos and, and zoning out. Like find out what is that yeah. deal with it? You know, just deal with it. It's that, man, it reminds me of a it. book
0: I just picked up for my kids. It's called what to do with a problem. It's a, oh. a children's book, but it's, you know, what, when you let a problem just sit there, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you <laughs> realize you just would have tackled it head on the first time, you realize it's not that big of a deal. So oh, I love that. It's so, so good. kind of the same thing. You're trying to avoid something by the screen time, but really you're just making it bigger to deal with later.
1: So that's right. And it's also thinking about it from a regret standpoint. Do people ever say, man, I really regret watching two days of Netflix. Yeah. Does anybody regret? Oh, I, I really worked on my dream. I worked on my vision today. You know, I, oh, I went to the gym today. Like, I really regret that I did that. No, you don't say that. <laughs> so sit with that, you know, like, ask yourself, how am I going to feel after I've done the action? Mm-hmm. You know, how will I feel if I don't do the action? You just sit with that. Ask yourself that question. Just really be honest with the answer. You'd be amazed at what comes up. It's usually, you know, people make it really complicated. I'm like, it's not that hard. Like, yeah. <laughs> you just got to choose to do something different. Einstein's got a definition about this, you know? Like, <laughs> over and over, expecting different results. Exactly. Well, that's called insanity, you know? It's <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I think he was a pretty smart dude, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I've heard that learn before. from this stuff. We can learn from this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So... Uh, Anyway.
0: Very cool. Uh, so you're you. I want to dive in a little bit about your, your whole life manifesto. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I, I believe in holistic well-being. What I mean by that is, you know, you have to have a plan to strengthen your physical fitness, your mental fitness, your emotional fitness, but especially also yeah, your spiritual fitness. When I'm talking about spiritual fitness, I know some people will instinctively just go to religion and I'm not saying religion I'm uh, more secular uh, I, I think for some people that's great it's, that's your faith that spirituality amazing mm-hmm. you know, or just how do you create an impact in this world how are you making this world a better place you know so tomorrow when we leave this <laughs> it's better than when we got here mm-hmm. you know so that's sort of that spiritual connection to to things outside of us to that, that sense of how we show up in the world and the impact mm-hmm. we're making um, energy wise you know even through our actions so uh, we need that whole life <laughs> yeah. to, to, to every area is important. It's not one area is more important than the other. They're all connected and they all support each other. And so uh, a number of years ago, after being in the fitness space for over 20 years, I, you know, I, I'd encountered a, a lot of mindsets, but a lot of excuses and a lot of reasons why people either don't feel empowered to make the changes that they want to make uh, you know, a lot of people would say, well, I just don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. I don't even know why this is important. Like really just completely disconnected. Yeah. And uh, so I, I started creating uh, challenges online. I, I created a free community in Vancouver called the Sunday Funday community, but in a positive one. It was all health-based. Mm-hmm. Now, some people hear that, especially the Aussies. Uh, Sunday Funday, <laughs> it's like you sit on the beach and you drink a lot of beer. Well, no, yeah. no, no. no. Okay, this, is, this is different. This is a healthy Sunday Funday. <laughs> and uh, what would happen is people would come and I'd, my wife and I would coach them for free. We would run fitness classes. Mm-hmm. And and we would often talk a, a lot about mindset and, and spirituality and, and just really this this ability to channel your own energy to create the result you want in your life. And, and we facilitate a lot of this through physical fitness because we know that once you physically start to feel better, you start to think a little bit differently. You start to just show up a little bit differently. You start to make better decisions. It's just a really simple way to make a big impact with the least amount of time. And uh, so we, we love that. And I learned a lot after doing that for about five years and, and helping thousands of people through these free classes. Uh, I learned a few things. And, yep. and so I, to I took imagine. a lot of my, yeah, yeah, exactly. right. <laughs> it, it was like, I used to tell people like, man, you do this for free. And I'm like, yeah, but I get a lot out of this, you know, and, and we do. Because for us, that was part of what we wanted to do. We wanted to create an impact. We wanted to inspire and help and motivate and support people to make the changes. And uh, through that experience, I learned a lot. And uh, I wrote a book called The Whole Life Fitness Manifesto. And in that book, it shows people how to leverage 30 minutes a day. So 2% of every 24 hours, only 2% of your day uh, for body, mind and spirit. You know, so it's about moving your body with purpose, You know, to elevate the heart rate, get a little bit of a sweat. You know, you're moving with the intention of improving your physical fitness, 15 minutes a day, five minutes of mindful meditation, right, and 10 minutes of personal development. So it's thirty minutes a day that you carve out for yourself first. It's a non-negotiable. You do it for twenty-eight days straight, and it's amazing to see what happens. Like it just is. It's amazing. Like I I see these shifts in people because all of a sudden the belief in them grows up. A lot of people ask me, "Well, all I have to do is thirty minutes." I'm like, "No, but it's the least you're worth." You know, like you got to feel that. Mm -hmm. Like you have to feel that you're worth thirty minutes a day to improve your body, your mind, and your spirit. Because if you don't believe that, who will? Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I tell people it's sort of the gateway lifestyle program. <laughs> you know? yeah. It just gets them started, toe in the water, and we give them everything. We're, you know, everything's included. It's all there in the book. Um, I even give it away for free on my website. You know, it's like, hey, do you want this? Like, are you prepared to commit to 28 days? Here's the link. Sign up. My wife and I do a video with you in your living room. <laughs> you just play the video. We do the 15 minute workout with you. Uh, we okay. even prompt the five minutes mindful meditation. Like I, I, I just I don't want people to have any excuses. I'm like I'm going to deal with it all. And they're like, well, how much does it cost? Okay, it's free. Oh, okay. Well, that's not an issue anymore because a lot of people use money as an issue, right? You know, like why well, I don't know what to do. I'm like, okay, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do it. Oh, here you go. You know, well, why should I be doing it? Well, here you go. You know, and it's a lot of questions and inviting people to introspect and and write down what are the changes that they want to experience mm-hmm. and. Uh, how do they want to start showing up? Who do you want to be? Creating the vision. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. When you have clarity of vision, everything else just seems a lot clearer. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you know what? This decision, this action that I want to do, this really doesn't align with what I really want. Yeah. I don't think I'll, I don't think I'll do that. Great. There you go. You're empowered now to make some choices be, that you want to make, not feel mm-hmm. like they're just circumstances that are outside of your control. Right. Right. So, anyways, yeah, that's it. That's all. And uh, I, I talk a lot about this stuff, but the, the book really focuses in on that. And uh, yeah, you can find it at Barnes & Noble and Amazon and the usual, usual places. Uh, or you can just sign up for free online and get it that way too, digitally. But uh, I always like to say, hey, you want to buy the book? Awesome. <laughs> 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 yeah, but if you don't, it's okay. I don't want that to be an excuse why you can't get healthy and, and well. So uh, yeah. re- really look at building a foundation for your life on, on health first. You know, if mm-hmm. you get your health right, you can build anything you want. Yeah, anything, anything. Yep. Y- you know, it's uh, it's remarkable. Well, uh, our bodies
0: resistance. are tuned into each other, so when you get your 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 body
1: right, your mind gets right too. So. It does. It, I mean, it's awesome, and it's amazing how the spirit follows as well, right? Like this, this energy, uh, this passion, this this idea of why we're here changes as well. We start mm-hmm. to feel connected with the things that we do and how we show up in the world around us. Joseph Campbell wrote The Hero's Journey. And, or, sorry, sorry, he created The Hero's Journey, but it was in the book Power of Myth. And uh, if you've ever seen Star Wars, George Lucas was inspired by his work, and that's how he came up with the, the, the Star Wars series. It was literally inspired by Power of Myth by Joseph Campbell. And, and what's really neat is he talks about following our bliss. You know? And this idea of following our bliss is just choosing the path in our lives that allow us to maximize our sense of joy, fulfillment, mm-hmm. and purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, but taking action, being purposefully decided on the path that we're going to follow or walk or things that we're going to do if it's going to allow the opportunity to increase that. And it's pretty cool when you start to look at that. You know? yeah. On this hero's journey that we're all on, we all get called to change. We all get called to adventure. To, we're all facing challenges. Every one of us at some point in our life do. And then we face the challenge. And no matter what, you come out of that challenge changed. Sure. What do you do after the change? A lot of times people feel called to now come back to wherever they started or to come back to those around them and, and share what they've experienced and help others now deal with it as well. You look at every amazing entrepreneur, they've recognized the challenge that they usually have personally dealt with. What do they do? They dealt with the challenge and now they've come back feeling inspired to help others deal with that same challenge and they've created businesses on this yeah you know it's pretty neat to, to see this plays out over and over again. you know Joseph Campbell talks about stories from seven eight nine thousand years ago all the way up to present day and he shows the similarities of these similar stories happening over and over again, not only in story but in our lives It's really neat it's like, it I, I love it I love it
0: very cool yeah i i appreciate that you're sharing that with people for free and eliminating those excuses because i i'm a personally have been a victim of excuses too where it's like mm. oh if then you know if i do this <laughs> then this will happen you know but yeah it's it's something i've been able to call myself out on more recently and so um i like that you're eliminating those excuses so people can understand what they are truly capable of Right on. Love it. Love it. Uh, so what's, what's one thing somebody starting a business today should be doing?
1: Well, I don't want to just shit on everybody's head, but <laughs> you know, I, I know shititis uh, can sometimes be frustrating for people, mm-hmm. but what I would like to do is invite you <laughs> uh, to really look at what you truly want. You know, like get an idea. Uh, the the vision is very important. Having a vision for what it is you want or the life you want is so important because once you have clarity of vision, a clarity of the life that you're living into, your decisions on a day-to-day become clear. You, you gain a lot more confidence in doing the actions you know, and making the yeah. choices. I find that that's something that we like to skip over. We like to get right to work. We like to start just creating stuff. And it's like, well we then have to wonder why at some point in time, do people get very discouraged and quit, you know, they stop chasing what they believe that they wanted before. And so, you know, getting clear on the vision and, and, uh, it, it's a nice first step. And when it comes to actual entrepreneurship, I, I believe that <laughs> you have to, I find the people that are most in tune with themselves, like they have a, a daily practice that involves self-care, they authentically just have so much more energy to give, which sounds counterintuitive, you know, because you're saying if I take more energy for myself, you know, Mm -hmm. especially if I pay myself first before I pay others with my energy, uh, I'm actually going to get more in return. and, And it's so true. You know, and it's this idea of also giving back, right? And, and knowing how do we want to make an impact on the world? And I, I find that people that have a regular practice that focuses on themselves first, and, you know, really focuses on their body, their mind, and spirit, what are different ways that they can improve on that, uh, it allows them to really be decisive in the actions that they take to create yep. what they want. You know, obviously, I could talk about the branding. I can talk about marketing. I can talk about systems and operations. Like, yeah, this, this is all important stuff. But if you don't have the entrepreneurial mindset in place before you go down the path of doing all the things that is involved in running a business, it's really going to be challenging to sustain it. And and I see this over and over again. And and it pains me, right? Because I see a lot of people that have tremendous passion and amazing ability to make an impact, to help people but then they get to a point and we hear the word burnout all the time. Mm -hmm. People give it that label and it's, it's not just burnout. I mean, it's, it's life out, you know, like passion (laughs) out, like it's, it it is, you hit a wall and you don't feel like you can ever get around it or through it or over it. Like you just feel stuck and and helpless at times. And, uh, it's an awful place to be. And and it's funny when people get there and like, well, don't focus on the business right now. Oh, I have to focus on business. I'm like, no, you got to focus on you. You know, like, when was the last time you just went for a walk on the beach? Oh, man, I don't know. It's been a long time. Like, dude, you live in Bali. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, like, it's like, when was the last time you went for a walk in your local park? You know, how much water did you drink in a day? What's your sleep like? You know, what are you doing to deal with the stress in your life? And all of a sudden, it's amazing. They're like they treat the business much better than they treat themselves. And I'm like, well, this is not a sustainable business model. No. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this, is, this is. Do you think this might be where some of these problems are stemming from? Oh, I don't know. I never thought about that. I'm like, okay, can you give me one week? Give me one week. Just do this for a week. You know, for that. And I get people walking 10,000 steps a day, drinking at least three liters of water a day at least five minutes of mindful meditation and 10 minutes of journaling, just doing those four little things. And you commit to that for seven days in a row. Tell me your life hasn't shifted a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's amazing when we reset that. And I can talk about the physiology of this, of what is stress? What is anxiety? You know? And when we look at cortisol levels in the body and how it increases inflammation and all the health complications that come from increased inflammation, it's just like, wow, yeah. All this data is out there. Like, if you are someone that's more in your head than your heart, you're more analytical, right? Trust me, there's enough data points out there to validate what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. to prove the point. But the thing I care about the most is how are you going to feel when you take action to improve your life? You know, how are you going to feel? How are you going to yeah. show up? And how will that affect others around you? You watch. Just by you looking after you, everybody else changes. Yeah. Pretty neat, you know, it's and it's very cool. really. And it's, it's not hard. Like, Again, this is crazy, right? That, that's the crazy part. It's so accessible. And uh, as yet, some people feel it's out of reach, but it's not. It's just that you're sitting a little further away than you should be. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just get okay. up and go towards it. You know, And it's there. It's all there. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so that's, that's really it. The entrepreneurial mindset, I think, is a, a great place to begin. Absolutely. And uh, I actually have a 30-minute video that I can send you a link on that you can share with people. Yeah. That's all about the entrepreneurial mindset That'd and uh, some of the best ways to, to channel it and, and optimize it. And uh, so I can send you that. It's a, it's a fun little video, just a presentation that I do. And um, yeah, I, I know it, it helps people make some little teeny tweaks, uh, which ultimately helps their business, you know, yeah. and, and everything else too. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if that was a, a, an answer that worked for you, but you know, I don't, I like talking about all the other stuff, but I find we're all different entrepreneurs. We have different things going on in our business. It's not necessarily universal. Mm-hmm. we the mindset piece.
0: It it's is all universal.
1: universal. Yeah. It is, man. Everybody. That applies to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like you're, you are not uh, – no one's getting out of that one, you know? So, yeah. That's very
0: it. true. And whether it was uh, – a good answer for me or not, doesn't matter. That's your answer. Yeah. <laughs> However, okay. I do agree with it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely do agree with that because, uh, I mean, there's so many challenges that are going to come your way. If you don't have that right mindset, then you're, it's going to be a lot more difficult to overcome them. And once you get that right, definitely. it's a lot easier to take on those challenges. So, Absolutely. very cool. Absolutely. Well, I want to be cognizant of your time, and I really appreciate all that you that you've uh, provided for me. But um, I want to give you a chance to shout out anyone in particular, or where people can find
1: more info about you. Hey, Christy. Hey, Chardonnay. Hey, Brie. <laughs> Those are the ladies of my life. Uh, I got to give them a shout out. Of course. <laughs> and hey, mom. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you'll notice that my daughter's names are Chardonnay and. Brie. Wine and cheese. That, just go. to give you an idea <laughs> of uh, where my issues came from, right? Like it, uh, <laughs> well, right if you, you want to,
0: if you want to dive into my problems, uh, all my kids are named after uh, Lotus cars, and so.
1: No way! Are you serious?
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, yes it's cool.
1: <laughs> I love that. So, what are they?
0: Uh, Evora, <clears throat> as in yeah. Lotus Evora. Uh, Elise, as in Lotus Elise, and then. Mm. The founder of Lotus Cars, his name is Colin Chapman, and so my son is named Colin.
1: So. Oh, my gosh. Have you written Lotus? <laughs> I would think some free cars are in order. Uh. Yeah. I, I have not written them, no. <laughs> I think it's about time. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe someone has to start tweeting them. I don't know. But uh, yeah. that is really cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, I always joke. Our kids are socialites in the making, and that's all our fault. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, as far as shout uh my website's probably the easiest way for people to get content. Uh, I've got about 1,500 articles on it since I started blogging, about tw- I don't know, 12 years ago. It's all lifestyle-based, so fitness, nutrition, uh mindset uh, gosh there's a lot of content on there i know that and uh, yeah it is going through some upgrades right now so uh, bear with me the search bar works great though to find stuff uh, but it, it, there's also some free programs there uh, including the whole life fitness manifesto so uh, check that out if you're looking to make some shifts and you just want some inspiration and some guidance uh, no problem and then lastly you know i'm really active on social uh, pinterest facebook instagram uh, Diamond Wall just my name that's the cool thing about actually having a unique name true is uh, mm-hmm. nobody else had it and uh, it made all the social profiles on any network really easy to get mm-hmm. <laughs> so you just have to figure out how to spell it and, and say it and once you got that you, you won't forget it I know it because it's yeah. just such a weird name but uh, yeah and Dai's Welsh for David I and mean, people might be wondering whoa what does that name mean well Dai is a Welsh term for David it like it's like if you were in wales they have a, a very elongated vowels a lot of the times and, and yeah i can't read any of that stuff but uh, <laughs> my my great 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 grandparents were, were from wales and, uh, but i'm canadian so, so that's all you got to remember north of okay. the border and uh, someone <laughs> who likes the weather in Bali, though yeah, yeah. A lot more understandable rain <laughs> and snow yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i i can appreciate your time uh it's been a huge value to me. And so I know it's huge value to my uh, listeners and viewers. And so thank you again, Di, and uh, for all those that are listening, I want you to get out there and hustle the day. Woo! <laughs> Thanks for listening to the hustle the day podcast all the way through. I really appreciate that. I just want to let you know that I help small businesses with their online strategy. So if you or anyone that you know needs help with their online strategy and owns a small business, I'm your guy. Go ahead and connect with me at Trent v. Bray on Instagram or trentvbray.com.